Hello, everybody, and welcome to Age of Geek, the podcast. I've, I'm required by the other managing partners who are not here to say the podcast to specify that you are not actually listening to Age of Geek, the website, or uh, listening to Age of Geek, the Facebook page. This is Age of Geek, the podcast. It could, it could be Age of Geek, the audiobook, not it could, on Audible. It could be. Yeah, that's right. If it is Age of Geek, the audiobook, it would be on not Audible. So uh, if you don't know what that means, well, stay tuned and we'll talk about it <laughs> here in a few minutes. <laughs> it's foreshadowing. But it's for That's good. It's good foreshadowing. It's a good tease. Um, if I was if I was your wife, Blake, I'd just ruin the tease and say what and why yeah. it's a tease. But we'll wait. <laughs> Keep people listening. Exactly. Keep people listening. All right. Well, I'm here. Th- this is Jake and I am here with Blake and Brandon. This is kind of our book crew. And this is where we come and talk about Brandon Sanderson stuff and other book stuff. Eventually, this is our third book takes. And I feel like they've all been heavy Sanderson stuff. I was thinking about that. The third book takes. I've been invited on to two of them now. And I've realized we've got a uh, uh, Brandon Sanderson storytelling cosmere professional we've got a storytelling professional i'll let you guys figure out which one's which and we've got and you guys bring me on here because you need a brandon professional there you, you need go. somebody who understands what it's like to be named brandon that that's it that's it exactly brandon that's it's, why it's we all have my qualifications here. it's all of them and, we, and fact, I'll be honest, we don't we don't care if you've even read the books really and we didn't even ask we're like do you want to come and talk we didn't even ask if you've read the books that we're going to talk about tonight. <laughs> to be fair, and I hope you don't take this personally, you were not our first choice of Brandon's, but Sanderson was not available. So it's, we and I spell my name differently you. too. So you it, do. I don't, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. Yeah, Ushio is like totally Walmart different version. than Sanderson. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally different. Ushio, it's not even. It doesn't even look the same. Uh, no, it, it is spelled differently, but we like that. You're original. You're unique. Uh, not the Walmart version or the, the we won't say wish, just sounds like it's really too big of a diss. We don't want to call you the, but, but welcome. We are going to talk about some Sanderson stuff because we are officially now in the year of Sanderson. That is not a name that fans coined. That is in fact a name that he coined. That's correct. He decided to name 2023 the year of Sanderson. I pretty so, much feel like he's now the reason we have to keep talking about him. I know he keeps doing stuff like, that we're like, okay, well, this is a big thing in books. Like we can't just ignore the year of Sanderson on a book podcast. I agree. Here I we agree. Are. We have to at least address it. And we haven't talked about the lost metal and that's probably where we'll start tonight because that came out the end of last year. Wait, are we doing this in the right order? You wanted to do Blake, right? Lost sure. metal first. And then, okay. You know what? Whatever, whatever feels best. And I like it this way. Let me ask this just before we say, before any other words come out of my mouth, where do we sit in the spoiler territory? It's a great question. That's a great question. Some people are very conservative with the spoilers. I'm on a Facebook or part of a Facebook group uh, where they will not let you write anything spoilery about the lost metal until like June of this year. And I feel like that's a really long time. Um, I feel like most people that are going to care the most about spoilers have probably picked up lost metal already. 
and I've probably gotten into a good chunk, but let's let we can get into medium spoilers like we can talk about characters and character arcs but let's try to avoid any big reveals like if uh any characters like die or if any characters like show up surprisingly or anything like that we'll any keep heel those turns, out stuff like that yeah any heel turns exactly we'll keep all of that out but we can talk about kind of uh some of the characters and kind of where the story takes us a little bit does that is that fair is that a good ground to be on I think I, just, I can I think I can deal with that. That's okay. fair. And if you're going to go any crazier, just be like, hey, it's a big spoil. Now listen, yeah. I, I had to leave I had to leave TikTok for a week because there was this guy who kept saying, This is my take on your or on Secret Project One. And I was like, Oh, it's that Jake Dietz again. And I just have to <laughs> now, listen. Up. I I I have released two reviews of Tress or excuse me Secret Project One. We can, I think officially it, we can call now. it Tress. Yeah, like you, it's like advertised on the Dragonsteel website, and I I feel like I've done two reviews so far. I've got to get the third one up tonight. The first two have zero spoilers and minimal spoilers. The first one was literally I said I read this book. This is my rating out of five stars. That's it. So if that's a spoiler, I'm sorry. Uh, my kids are dying. It's fine. If you can hear them through the microphone, I apologize. <laughs> They're probably mad because you keep spoiling things for them. Every time they turn on a movie that I've seen, I'm like, oh, yeah, by the way, this is who the bad guy is, or this is the big plot twist. They love it. It's their favorite. So I know that with spoilers, I struggle a bit to do that. I am I am not going to spoil any of those major things that Jake just said. So... Yeah, and and if I do, we've got re recorded evidence of this that you can take me to court. But I very much feel, and I feel like this is true for most media, but especially Brandon Sanderson stuff, because there's so much that has not been revealed yet. There, the, it's all just kind of all about the journey anyway, not about the destination, because we're not there yet. So, did you just say journey before destination? I really appreciate that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm glad you picked that up right there yep absolutely yeah i agree like we haven't gotten to the the major stuff yet um and th there is it really is about reading those books and experiencing those books even if you hear a, a spoiler here or there like i i agree because it's such a big story and there's so much going on even if we spoiled everything in the lost metal we wouldn't spoil anything major for the cosmere as a whole i think because sure. we're not there yet for sure i agree with that um oh, so ahead. i i guess just diving right in brandon and i brandon brandon mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i'm i'm mirrored so it's weird to point anyways he and i were smart and listened to era two right before listening to the lost metal right didn't you do that brandon that's exactly what I did because there was this really smart guy named Blake who's like, I did this and it made it so much better. I'm like, oh, good. So, Jake, how I, how I, far apart was your readings? No, I you guys you guys know, you know that I'm always in the middle of a Sanderson book. Like it's yeah. even when I'm reading other stuff, I'm usually in the middle of a Sanderson book. I finished Bands of Mourning about three weeks before nice. um, Lost Metal came out. Good. So it was it was relatively recent. So which I agree was good. Um 
I think the first thing then that I noticed coming off of a recent reread was just the tone of Lost Metal is so different from the other three books in Era 2. And so I almost don't even put it in with those books. I feel like it's like Era 1 with the three, Era 2 mm-hmm. with the three, and then the Lost Metal is kind of like its own transitional book. What do you guys think? Yeah. I think it just goes to show the growth that happens to an author when they write a lot. Yeah. Um, because, mm-hmm. it, I mean, not to say that, obviously, Brandon Sanderson was a good author in Era 2. But he is just, he's consistent. And so he's consistently getting better. And I felt like The Lost Metal had more uh, had more development for the characters outside of uh of wax because he you know first two were about wax and the and the last one was about everybody everybody had an arc in that one where everyone had a story in the rest of era two but the real growth in arcs i felt like happened in the lost metal yeah i i would agree with that i came out of lost metal really appreciating a lot of the side characters more than I had in the previous three books. Not that I didn't appreciate them. Please don't leave it like a hate comment. Like, Oh, you hate. No, I love the characters. Jake doesn't like Brandon Sanderson at all. He, all of his, yeah. all of his comments. He's just always negative towards Mistborn. Always. I know. I feel like I'm just, I am, I'm overly negative and I'm sorry. Uh, but I feel like because of what you're saying, Brandon, where they had, uh, each of their own story arcs and their own development. I came out of this appreciating it a lot more. I mean, there were a couple of characters. Steris is one that she was fine, but after this, I'm like, she's awesome. She's just awesome. My opinion of Steris in the first of Era 2, how, how are we going to keep this all straight? Era 2 1, <laughs> what was what book was that one called? Alloy of Law? Alloy I, of Law. Okay, yeah. yeah. I couldn't stand her. She drove me insane. Yep. She was like one of my least favorite characters. And by the end, I'm like, oh my gosh, you're so cool. Like, I love everything about her and everything she brings to the table. And and it's one of his best examples of like character building, I think, because mm-hmm. she really does start to recognize her flaws are her biggest strengths. And I really like that aspect of her in this book. Yeah. Well, it, it also goes to show with her something that I've, I tell people all the time, you know, we're, we're nerds here. We're geeks or it's the age of geek media podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I married a normie, somebody mm. who could care less about superheroes. Uh, my podcasting career started when I told her or when I told her some Marvel news one day and she, some casting news. And she literally looked at me and said, I do not care about <laughs> go find somebody else to tell all of this to because it was probably in the height of my uh of my like oh this is cool you got to check this out you got to sh- here's the news on this here's the news on that and she's like no you got to go tell somebody else so I grabbed some other people and we started a podcast because that's what you did 10 years ago but the you know her Strengths are in areas that are completely different than mine, which means as a couple, we are able to do some pretty incredible things. Um, mm-hmm. and, and it's nothing that I could have done on my own. It's nothing that she could have done on her own. 
it's only together that we have that strength. And I know that sounds kind of uh, uh, almost hippie, but you know, people have different strengths and different weaknesses. And when you partner those, those opposites up, if they can match in the right ways, then in all the other ways, they just strengthen each other. I, I agree. Uh, my wife, by the way, Brandon was also a normie, but I've been able to kind of convert her a little bit, not all the way, but she, <laughs> unfortunately she didn't have the idea to tell me go to go tell somebody who cared. She just listened and then eventually kind of gave in and I, you know, <laughs> and here we are. Um, but I, I really feel like, and, and I think you both mentioned this, that she really starts to see her weaknesses. Saris does as strengths in this book. And I, I love that so much because I think so many of us feel like those things that make us different and those things that uh, make us unique, make us weird. And that it's a bad thing to be weird and different. But the reality is that is what makes us stand out. And if we can find a way to utilize those and tap into those, uh, quirks uniqueties uniqueties yeah we'll call them uniqueties that's fine uh that that it can be a benefit you know and we can really excel at some things and she she kind of picks up on that in this book and i think that that's really great to see where she's come from in the first book to now i think has been awesome um and another character that we get to see a lot of in this is wayne who i i've always loved wayne but in this, we get to see a little bit more of the inner workings of Wayne. And I found that fascinating. So Wayne is my favorite character of all the Sanderson's that I've ever read. He's like my number one dude. And yeah, again, without spoiling, I found myself wanting to be like, can I just give him a hug? Like, like, yeah, I just wanted to reach to the book and hold him and be like, everything's going to be okay, Wayne. Like, you'll be okay. And it was kind of interesting. I wanted him to have a moment in this where, and again, I guess this is, could be spoilery for his other series, but there's a, a moment in, oh gosh, I don't even remember which book it is, but Kaladin's at his, at his weakest point and he's talking mm -hmm. to Hoyd and Hoyd gives him a moment of comfort, essentially. Um, mm -hmm. And I was waiting for that kind of moment to happen for Wayne in this book. And it, it never really happens, but it's so fitting for him as a character that I was like, by the end, I was like, oh no, like he, he didn't need to have that. You know, he, he is yeah. so quirky in and of himself that that wouldn't have been the right thing to do for him. And it, it was kind of a, a cool realization at the end to have all the things that do happen to him over the course of the book to have him end up in a place where he is still, I guess you could say happy. I don't know. I don't know if he's happy, but mm -hmm. he's proud of his accomplishments. Yeah. You could say that. I liked how, uh, with, with that, how Brandon Sanderson is just so good at seeing people. And I'm not talking about mm -hmm. his characters that he's writing, but his audience, when he writes a character, like, okay. So I've seen some complaints that, some of his protagonists can be uh, can hit the same notes over and over and over again, but that's because it's the hero's journey uh, in my mm -hmm. opinion. But each of his characters, they, they, they feel like they're from different communities and that mm -hmm. they are from different and they represent different parts of his fan base. And so some people in his audience, in his fan base 
will never have somebody go up there and give him a moment of comfort. Yeah. And his readers can can feel that through them. They can empathize with him and that can and I feel like that moment kind of can bring somebody who's like I wish I could just have a hug, like I hope they have a hug, but if you know somebody's like I never am the guy who gets comforted. Well, you know mm-hmm. what? There's this really cool character in the Mistborn Era 2 books who he's kind of the same way. He's he's like me. And uh and so I really like seeing that. I, you see that with all of the different characters that Sanderson does is he sees people and that's, and that's great. And it's awesome. And it's, it shows just how conscious he is of the people and the world around him. Yeah. I, I really felt like I could identify a little bit with Wayne, um, not on the details, but on the feelings. You can, you can Um, slow down time. I can sometimes. I had no Uh, idea. Usually. Usually it happens, uh, it, it happens like if I'm someplace boring, I feel like I've slowed yeah. down time because it just <laughs> lasts forever and ever. Like a meeting at work or something, I'm like, this meeting needs to end, so I'm going to slow down time. That's how it happens for me. Uh, no, but but Wayne is one of those people that no matter what he does, he feels like he's irredeemable. He feels like he is an awful person, no matter how much good he does. I mean, I don't necessarily see this, but my wife has pointed out that there have been many times where I'm a little bit harder on myself than I should be. And I feel like I'm exactly as hard on myself as I should be. And maybe a little bit soft. I should be harder, you know, and he's Wayne is very much like that. So for me, there were moments where I'm like, I can see myself doing some of these things internally to myself. And maybe that's not a good thing. And I should try to be better and kinder to myself. That was, that was definitely one of my favorite moments in the story. And I can't remember her name, but he, he goes and he visits that girl to give her money every month. It's every month. And, and yeah, it's every month. And he's, he's doing it because he killed, as he says it, he goes, I killed her daddy, you know? And he's like, I have to do this to redeem myself. And I won't I won't say the conclusion that he gets to, but the, he gets to a conclusion about why he's doing that. And it's one of the most beautiful things that Sanderson's written, in my opinion. And mm-hmm. and the conclusion that he comes to is so real and raw and powerful. And I don't know. I just really appreciated that. And kind of like you I'm, were just saying, as a as a reader, I could really identify with that because. Mm-hmm. There are things that we force ourselves to go through in life that we maybe don't necessarily have to do. And we just need to be introspective enough to realize what we're doing, why we're doing the things that we're doing. And and as you were even describing that moment, I like I was getting goosebumps. Like mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, because it was a powerful moment uh, in the story. Um, so I, I think the character work in this book is really strong and it makes me think Blake, we need to go back on our first book takes episode where we we put him firmly as a world builder and not a character builder because I think this is some of the best character work I've read in a fantasy book in a long time. He's getting better. I'll give him that. He's getting, he's, <laughs> That's he what gets, happens he gets when you stamp, write so often. <laughs> he gets my stamp of approval of improvement. Yeah, and and you're right, Brandon. That's what you get for writing so often. But also I, what I like about Sanderson is he writes so often and realizes he's not perfect at writing. So he's always mm-hmm. looking to improve. Uh, and that's, that's pretty impressive. 
So Listen, if he's got some, if he's got some spare moments to write, I, I know he doesn't do it a lot, but I, there was the subplot from, from that about, uh, about Wayne and his subplot. I'm not going to say anymore. Cause it's just a lot of fun there. I, he sets a couple people on tasks that they have to go accomplish. That's right. That's right. And so I would satisfying. love, I would love a bunch of novellas about yes. these two people accomplishing this, these tasks one at a time. I, I just would love to see, you know, how, how that turned out and what the crazy tasks were. Yep. I would love, I would love to read that too. Um, I don't know how much time he has to do it. Unfortunately, he probably, does, he's probably got him done. Yeah, it's, he's got like the secret novellas of these two individuals ready to go. He's going to tell us he's been lying to us all this time again. Um, yeah, I, I just, I've, I was impressed with the characters in this book, and the whole time I was thinking about our first episode, and I thought, I don't know, he's, he's undoing it, he's going in the other direction, and I uh, am scared because now he's working on Stormlight Five, and. Uh, I'm pretty sure I'm not going to make it emotionally through that one. <laughs> okay. Do you want me to undo that, that, that concern about that? Uh, yes. not necessarily about the emotional cause you're going to get emotional. I don't know what the story yeah. is, but I know you will just, <laughs> just because it's you and Sanderson and it's, it'll be a moment. Um, it'll be a moment for sure. I don't know that he's world building now. I think he's finished his world building almost like, yes, he's, he's giving us new stuff in the Cosmere. But this this was the most off-putting thing about The Lost Metal for me. It is less of a story of itself and of using the previous era as the legends and the lore and more connected to the Cosmere. And so it's bringing in people who were who he's described in other books. So he doesn't have to explain all of these different ways that the Cosmere works. You're just kind of expected at this point well, if you're reading this book, if you've you're read reading Lost Metals, yeah. So and, and so that's he's a good done point. all world building, and he's got a pretty good system set up for his world, which I'm sure he'll explain a little bit more in the future, because he's left out too many things still. All of the other books, I felt like he was describing the world, and this one, it just felt like he was saying, "Hey, remember that thing that I already des- described to you? That's this thing right here." It could it offered him the opportunity to develop characters more than spend time building the world. So, yeah, that's a great point. So I, I think there's still a balance, but he maybe can do both. He's, he's a, he's an all around good author for, or something. Yeah. Well, I just know. Yeah. My concern with stormlight five and why it will be emotional is because he's wrapping up that story because this is the final story in this era of stormlight and that means it's going to be the end of Dalinar's story. It's going to be the end of Kaladin's story. It's going to be the na- end of Shallan's story, Yasna, Adolin. And I'm just thinking it's going to be hard. <laughs> After reading this one, it's going to be hard. So, but we'll see. We'll see. I had, I, I saw a TikTok the other day where uh, somebody mentioned that there's only been a couple of even kind of major character deaths in stormlight archive and that me and that's a really low percentage for sanderson but i honestly i don't think it is when this book wrapped up lost metal it was emotional it was great but we still got i felt like a satisfying ending i would agree with that 
Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I, w- I would say the ending is good. It, it left more questions in the end than it answered, but that's because it's in the middle of a series, essentially. Yeah, but I, I, the story of Wax and Wayne, I felt like had a good ending. I, I think so, and and we get a little bit more in depth with uh, Sazed or Harmony at this point, and Kelsier who we've seen in secret history and some of their interactions. And we get a little bit more of that in this, uh, that like you mentioned, Brandon, this is part of the Cosmere and it's peeling away more and more at the whole story. And it's starting to come in to, to the picture a little bit more. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know we could say Kelsier. I thought that was going to be like, really? Yeah. I don't know. I felt like after Secret History, we could say Kelsier. All right, that's cool. Yeah, I, there's I, Secret History, and then there was one of the uh, one of the Stormlight books that pretty much it didn't use Kelsier's name, but used a couple names that were like, "Oh, that's Kelsier." Yeah. So okay, since we're on to Kelsier, then I'm just gonna dive in. Yes. He's a bad guy. He is a villain. He's a bad guy, and I don't trust him. <laughs> I don't care what you say, Jake. No, I, I'm not going to totally dis. I think he's accidentally <laughs> a bad guy. I think his motives in his mind are good, but he's a bad guy. Yeah. I'm, so in I'm D&D very, terms, very is interested that... to see where he's going with him. So for sure. I, I think he, I would put him at chaotic good in D&D terms. Really? So I, I would put him, or, I would put him at lawful evil. No, the there's nothing. There's nothing lawful about Kelsier. He no, no. So he doesn't follow the law. He follows his law. His law. And the things that he's got some sort of a code for himself and for his crew that they follow that code and they follow his rules. He's not. I I don't know that he's chaotic, with the exception of chaotic things happen around him and he. And he applies his morals to them because all of ever, ever since we've met Kelsier, it's always been about Kelsier's morals and That's who true. cares what the other rules are. These are my rules. And these are the rules we're going to follow. If he's lawful evil and if they're opposites, then I'm going to say, and this is not a spoiler for lost metal. I'm going to say Hoyd is chaotic. Good. Death. Kelsier's lawful evil. Definitely. Void is chaotic good. Because yes. I Wait, know there's just kind there's... of the, the opposite end of the pendulum. I would yeah. totally agree with that. Because I know there's at one point in Stormlight Archive where he's talking to someone, he said, I'm going to help you. And man, this makes it sound like I, I'm I'm not as deep dive as some of the people that you'll see on the internet. And I know that. But he's talking to someone, he's like, I'm going to help you now because for now, our motives align. Yeah. And he's got his own thing going on. But I think. I think he's good. I think. Yeah. I hope he's good. If he's not, he's, I'm going to be really sad. <laughs> he's somebody that I don't think you want to be on his bad side. For sure. No, you don't want to be on the opposite side of, of yeah. Hoyd. That's a bad bet to take. That's true. What's his, yeah. what's his, what's his name? It's not Hoyd and Stormlight. What Wit. is it? Wit. 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 Yeah. And I, this, this is totally off topic of Lost Metal, but I love that he's called Wit because he's the king's wit because yep. the king 
needs someone to go around and insult people for him. And that is what he does. And I love that whole premise of who Hoyd is in Stormlight Archive. Also, I absolutely ship him and Yasna, and I don't care what anybody says. Oh, gross. You're so wrong. Gross. Oh, that, that would be. That gives me the ick. Blech. What are you talking about? Blech. It just blew up my brain. Like imagining this is the same thing that we were just talking about uh, with relationships. Okay. Sometimes yeah. your different strengths would they strengthen each other, right? Because Yasna, yeah. Yasna and Hoyd, they, they, they at first glance, they don't go together. But I'm I'm okay with that. Like I don't think there's I don't think there's anybody else in the Cosmere that matches Hoyd's intellect and his wit and his uh whatever than than Yasna does. Okay, so she if if Wayne is my number one, she's my least favorite character in the whole Wow in all like, of that's his writing. A hot take. That so, is a hot so take. So that'll have to be for another night and I'll go we'll go into a deep dive. Oh, breaking I the characters Yasna. from the Cosmere. I love Yasna. She has a she's whole one of my section. She has a whole section where she's she's explaining to Dalinar why hope is bad. Uh, no, that's not what she's doing. Blake. That's what but she it's fine. does. No. Okay, we will talk about Yasna another day. But uh, yeah, <laughs> I we think should, both we of you do... broke my brain. Like I, I yeah, just, we... I. Just, I, 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 this Yasna conversation, I'm going to just have to listen to I that thought, later. I thought the Yasna wit thing was pretty out in the open. Like I thought everybody knew that that was a, a, a ship that was out there. No, no, I just my it. own head cannon. Okay. I don't, I, I don't spend a ton of time in the fan forums. Like I'll go to no, the copper mind yeah. and like, I will be in the Cosmere Reddit sometimes, but I don't like, I don't know. I, I'm not the whole into the whole shipping thing. All right. Yeah. All right. Back to Lost Metal. What What do you guys give it out of ten? I give it eight and a half. I'll give it a seven out of ten. Seven and a half. Wow. Yeah, I'm I'm probably right in that eight range as well. There was a lot that I really loved about it. I will say that somewhere in all of the character stories and everything, the overall plot gets lost and meanders and uh wasn't his most co- coherent plot but um overall it was still an enjoyable read yeah so yeah, there were some deus ex machina stuff in there that i was like i guess they've got to accomplish this somehow we'll let them <laughs> yeah and and i guess too when you're trying to tie up all of the loose ends then you've got to do that and sometimes that can be messy the, the Sander Lanch in this one starts about halfway through the book and then just doesn't stop until the end. And so, I, I'm totally okay with that. So that was Lost Metal. That's how we ended 2022 with Sanderson. Now we come into 2023. Secret Project 1 becomes available. Tress of the Emerald Sea. It's out there. Uh, January 1st, you could download the ebook if you were a backer. And you could also download the audiobook. But about what two weeks before it all dropped he let us all know you'll be able to read the ebook wherever you read ebooks so if you read it on kindle you read it on nook whatever you can read the ebook because they're going to give it to you as an epub file but the audiobook was not going to be available on audible and the whole sanderson fandom went <gasps> what did you guys think about that announcement i had lots of mixed 
feelings because I that's how I read books. I don't very rarely do I get the actual book, whether hardcover or just like a book book. And I, I guess I guess I'm I don't know. Maybe I'm part of the problem in that I've bought into the monopoly that is audible. You know, mm. I I didn't even know Spotify had audiobooks till he I didn't know brought that this up. And so well, I, it's because the Audible's monopoly. Like, yeah. it really, you can't you can't sell on there unless you are an established author. And so, in a way, I think it's good that he's bringing light to it, and that he's trying to ch- create change and and create an environment where everybody can come to the table and participate at the same level. But mm-hmm. I, I kind of, as I was reading his statement, I kind of was just like, well, should I just not read? things on audible like i don't I don't know how i as a listener am supposed to help him with his cause yeah it, it was interesting um as i've been on tiktok uh, over the last few days there's an indie author on there and his name is escaping me now but he's uh he writes fantasy uh he's got one fantasy book out there he wants to have a huge series of like 10 fantasy books and he was getting ready to get his first audiobook out there and he was looking at um doing an audible exclusive deal and then Brandon Sanderson made his announcement he's like so should i not go on audible because they don't treat the author and he's like and it's true they're not going to pay me a lot but and and this is where i think we have to be careful i think sanderson can do this because he has the sway and the power to do it he knows that his fans at this point like look he he said that that day I went and I downloaded Speechify, set up an account there and thought I'm going to try it on Speechify. This is a cool, I like what their app does in that it enables other enables you to read any text. And I think that's a great thing for people that struggle with reading. So I'm on board with it. Plus, you can also have one of the voices be Snoop Dogg. So Snoop Dogg can read your textbook <laughs> for you and things like that. Like, that's cool. And that's fun. Uh, Gwyneth Paltrow is also one of the voices uh that's less exciting for me but uh but there you go and and so i went and i got speechify and sanderson can do that a lot of the indie authors if you're questioning whether or not to put your book on audible at this point until that monopoly is broken i don't know what choice you have you have to do it yeah if you go and put your your audiobook on speechify and you don't put it on audible you're not going to get sales it's just not going to happen so and you and can you, you can do that. You don't have to be exclusive to audio, but they just cut the rates, the royalty rates right. like crazy. And what they don't tell you is most new authors, uh, I don't think I've ever told you guys this, but I I've signed up for for Audible ACX as a as a voiceover, as a voice actor, uh, to do that. And there's a couple different kinds of contracts that you can do. There's the where the author pays you per finished hour, and that's that's the that's the what what Michael Kramer gets right. Like you don't say right. I'm going to share my right my royalties with you. It's it's I'm paying you this, and we're going to publish it because we know you're worth every penny that you ask for. So Michael Kramer right. is paid by the hour, paid for finished hour of audio. So that's why he likes Sanderson books. Probably so I I would I, <laughs> I would I, I would absolutely love that. But then there's also to do a 56 the, hour book. I'm on board. There's also the there's also a royalty share plan and a royalty share plus where they pay you a little bit upfront is royalty share plus 
and then they split. They think they give, I can't remember what percentage the royalty royalty share plus is, but just regular royalty share, you get uh, you get a chunk of that as well. And so mm-hmm. if your book is $10 and you're not Audible exclusive and you're a new author and that turns into uh, that turns into a twenty or a 40%, 30% royalty to you. You then have to split that again with your narrator to, and so you're making, you're making pennies. You're making yeah. uh, $2 per book instead of $7 per book. If you do it on speechify the, and so all of this is really difficult because you have to factor in, you have to pay not just the author, but a lot of times for newer indie books, the narrator as well. Yeah. And that's, that's where it's rough. But then the flip side of that is if you're an author and you go on Speechify and you don't do, uh, you know, Audible exclusive and you're on Speechify, you might, your the number of copies of your audiobook that you're going to sell and get the number of eyes that it's going to get in the, in front of is so much smaller that even though you're only making $2 per book on, on Audible, you're going to sell so many more that you're going to, the thought and the hope is that you're going to make more money than if you go another route. And Especially that's, because that's the problem. Speechify is iOS only right now. It is also right. US only right now. And right. so you're not reaching Canada. You're not reaching any international market. And that is, that's an issue for authors because their user base just isn't there. And you know that their user base isn't there because they offered to give Brandon Sanderson 100% of the sale. They were doing that because they're like, it's Brandon Sanderson. We know it's going to get people onto our platform. And kudos to him for saying, well, hold on. Is this the same deal that you would give any other author? Right. And they said, no, we'd probably offer this. Okay, that, that's what I'll take. And it was less. I think it was like, what, 70-30 or something like that. Yeah, 70-30, which is, pretty, which is pretty standard. And then also yeah. he, he said that he got the rights to disclose how much uh, right. The split was because Spotify, we have no idea if Spotify is, is, uh, keeping a penny from that because their NDA won't let him divulge that information. Yeah. I think it's interesting though, that he's allowed to divulge what audible says then. Well, the audible, audible, maybe that's public. just, yeah. Maybe yeah. Audible. Common. Yeah. I think it is. And, and they probably, they're so big that they probably just have a standard. This is what it is. And that's why yeah. it's public and out there for people to know. Uh, but yeah, it, it's interesting. I think it's really hard. Um, you know, it's similar to as we do a podcast uh, when, when we had stolen droids and, and Zoner was more on there with us. He was a big anti Apple guy. He was not a big fan of Apple products of Apple in general, but he recognized if we want our podcast out there, it's got to be on Apple because that of and and that's changing with time. Like, I think people are listening to podcasts in a lot of different ways now. But for a while, like if you wanted your podcast, you had to put it on Apple. Uh, and I feel like Audible is is similar in that way. Yeah, but and it's not just and it's not just the Audible uh, Audible part of it. The Kindle Unlimited part is also a very, very uh dominated market by amazon uh there are Mm -hmm. authors there's a uh 
there's a website that I go to a lot called Royal Road, where authors will write uh, web novels, essentially, chapter a week, two chapters a week, something like that. And they publish them. And then once they get the whole book done, they they usually just say, okay, we're going to put what we call a stub page because Amazon doesn't let us, if we put something in Kindle Unlimited where we get paid per page read, Amazon doesn't let us publish it anywhere else. And mm. and they can do that because they're the gorilla in the room, right? Like they, you can't, right. you can't fight them as an, as a small indie author. Now the number one Kickstarter for all time, you can fight them, but yeah, I see it's, I mean, it was hard for me because I've got over 300 books in my audible library. Right. I love audible. I've been there for over 10 years. The, it, it is my, it is, it is my commute. It is everything, right? I've spent a lot of money to have those books in my library. And this is the first time that I'm like, okay, I need to figure out how to listen to an audiobook, not on Audible, on my on my phone. And I I almost think that this is gonna start a wave, not maybe not a wave, but it's going to get people starting to pirate audiobooks because convenience mm. trumps fidelity every single time. And if yeah. it's easier to pirate it than it is to go figure out which service it's on. Somebody's just going to, somebody's just going to go pirate it. So I guess yeah. that, that leads to the next question. Do you guys think this is going to work? I don't know. I think, I think Sanderson is a big enough name to put a dent in things, but I definitely don't think he is enough to break audible, you know? No, he's, he's going to need a lot more authors to, to jump ship with him. Yeah. And there have been other services. So I don't know. I don't know if it's going to work or not. Um, but there have been other services that have gone out there and tried to compete with Audible. Uh, and, you know, hey, Audible charges you this much and you can only listen to only get one new book a month and whatever. We charge less and you can listen to all of our library. I think that was like I can't remember which one that was. I, I remember the service, but it, but they they went under. And just after yeah. they went under, Audible released their Plus catalog. Oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> and so there have been others that have tried. I think what makes this different and what you have to do is have an author who's willing to not just say, I'll come over to Speechify, but I'll come over and make it exclusive to this site or semi-exclusive to, to these two sites and not allow it to be on Audible. Because there was nothing that was offered by this other service that wasn't on Audible. So there's nothing that I said... I have to read this book and it's only available over here. I I have to read this book. It's available in audible. So that's great. They've got this cute little service, but I trust audible. I know it's there. I know it's going to work. I know now, it's going to be around to in five years. Exactly. And I, I went and I listened um, to, to Tress on speechify knowing full well that, it may have bugs. It may have glitches. It may not be able to handle the traffic that might be coming to it as of January 1st, all of those things, because I was willing to do that because that's where I had to go to get the book. Also, I tried to figure out how to get the book in Spotify and I couldn't. So it was speechify for me. And that's how ultimately how, the how was your experience? It. Was it any different than audible or it, it was, it was very, it was everything I expected it to be as okay. far as the the service went like i could move ahead in chapters i could change the reading speed um it was 
Michael Kramer's voice, which is all I really need at night anyway. Um, <laughs> it was all the things that I needed. Like, I didn't have any issues with it. I heard of others who, like, initially had um, some struggles with the download and some struggles connecting. Um, it. I tried to download it at midnight or around midnight on the 1st. Um, I mean, it was basically kiss my wife, happy new year, and then download Sanderson. That's kind of how my new year's went, <laughs> but, and it, and it struggled. Cause I think everybody was getting on there doing the same thing. But the next morning, once I actually started listening to the book, I didn't have any issues. So I'll tell you, I'll tell you, Jake, and this is not going to be a surprise to you, uh, in, in what the result is going to be, but the Japanese have a tradition that the things that you do on New Year's Day are the things that you will be doing for the rest of the year. So you're saying you spent a good chunk of New Year's Day listening to Sanderson, right? Yep. So year 2023, year of Sanderson is is pretty apt for you according to Japanese tradition. And I'm fine with that. And that that to me could <laughs> even just be self-fulfilling prophecy, honestly. Like, oh, well, I guess Japanese culture says I need to do this. I'm just going all in. I, I mean, you know, honey, I, I have help to. It. Yeah, I can't help it, dear. This is what I have to do. All of a sudden, uh, trying to get some of those leather-bound books is sounding much more uh, doable, like necessary almost <laughs> this year. So, uh, but who yeah, that's some, been my who experience. Are some other authors, or what are some other books that you would think would need to to jump ship as well? I mean, like if George R. R. Martin finally finished his book and was like, "Guess what? It's not on Audible." I think that would like the world would explode. Like. I think I think yeah or like a new Harry Potter on it or I don't know if if uh, Rothfuss finally finishes the third King Killer Chronicle (laughs) book and says but guess what it's only on Speechify I could see him doing that I could too (laughs) see him doing something like like okay it's finally finished but you can't get it on audible I don't think that there is a single author that could destroy the audible and monopoly yeah because 10 years ago like I don't even think there's a I don't even think a handful of authors could do that. Uh, ten years ago, Audible was full of sci-fi, fantasy, nerdy books. Audible yeah. was built on the back of nerds. It was glorious. It was great. Every <laughs> single book that it was in there, I could just scroll through the library. I'm like, that looks cool. And yeah, that's why I've got 300 plus books in there, right? Where now the recommendations, the daily deals that they send me in my email and stuff like that. It is not, it, it's, it's not the kinds of books that I'm interested in. They're no. books for normal people because yeah, it's become for normal people. Well, and, and I think the, the big thing, and um, I know Sanderson talked about like the bestseller lists on, on a couple of his videos ago on his uh, YouTube channel. or maybe it was on TikTok. I don't know, but he broke it down and he kind of said, you know, we're, we're number one bestseller in fantasy, New York times bestseller list, but that doesn't even compare to the nonfiction stuff. And that's what a lot of audible is right now is a lot of nonfiction and, and the normies that I talk to, that's what they listen to is the nonfiction stuff. And the hard thing there is you don't have a Brandon Sanderson in nonfiction. Because the nonfiction is going to be, you know, Bob Iger's book and it's going to be Prince Harry's tell all. And those are all, you know, one book that the author is writing or maybe two. 
Um, but you don't have a, a Sanderson out there that like every time that nonfiction book comes out, everybody's jumping to go get it because that's just not how nonfiction works compared to it fiction. would need to be the publisher, the publishing house. Yeah, it would need would to be a publisher to be, would have to say we're doing this. And the hard thing about that is they are shooting themselves in the foot money wise. And so if they're a publicly yeah. traded company, their shareholders probably will not be happy with the results. And so there's right. not going to do it. Yeah. No. Yeah. Random house isn't going to come in and be like, you know what? We're not going to do anything on audible anymore because yeah, everybody's going to throw a fit and they're not, they're never going to do anything. That's going to lose them money on purpose. So, you know what I got in my email though, the other day from audible that I've never gotten before a $10 coupon. Oh, really? Yes. And so I, I, I'm not saying Brandon Sanderson has them scared, but I, maybe they're trying to gain a little bit more goodwill with maybe they're like, oh, his books algorithmically, he's got like all of the Sanderson books. Yeah, we should probably slip him a coupon to make sure he stays happy with us. <laughs> has has yeah, Audible I, made a statement or, or responded at all in any way? I haven't heard anything. So I haven't heard anything from them either. And I think ultimately that's what what he's trying to do is he understands that if there's competition and, and an actual place for, for these authors to go, that's not audible, that makes it worth it to not be exclusive with audible, then that's going to make audible have to change their practice. And I don't think he's trying to take audible down. I think he's just trying to get them to be more equitable um, with the authors that they work with, but they're not going to do that until they start seeing money. Right. And start losing money. He's playing right. third party politics right now. He's yeah. he's like, I don't expect to win the election, but I expect somebody to pick up my position. I we'll see think if it it's works. interesting. When I was reading his statement, when he said he he said, I've got it pulled up here, and he says, I didn't realize or he says, I knew it was bad, but I didn't realize it was this bad or how bad it was for mm -hmm. indie authors. Um so part of me wonders if if he's if he's doing this obviously he's doing this to shed light on it for for us normies that aren't in the mm -hmm. know um i mean brandon you know way more about it than i do um so i thought that was really interesting to have you know the curtain kind of pulled back but i'm, yeah. I'm also surprised that he didn't know it was this bad well it's because horror takes care of it yeah yeah exactly know? all of and, his stuff has been and that's on audible has been through tour so yeah and maybe that's why audible's not saying anything because right. they know at the end of the day after these four books he's all of his other stuff's going to be there on audible because it's coming through tour yeah yeah and so again if if he's really i, I don't want to say yes to put his money where his mouth is but like is this going to be that impactful of a thing i guess how big of an impact do you think he wants to have does does he want audible to make it 70 percent. does he want i don't i don't know i i'm again i'm, I'm appreciative mm -hmm. of him doing it i think it's cool that sure. he's doing it he's looking out for the little guy but in the long run i don't see how this is gonna have an impact it's like it's like in the bowser it's like in the mario trailer when the penguins are throwing the snowballs at bowser yeah bowser is audible and he's the penguins and i'm like yeah. dude you're not doing anything man like make yeah. a better change somehow so i don't know and i think 
that's what makes it hard. I, I think you're right. I don't know that it's really going to have a huge impact. And I don't know that he's planning on it having a, a huge impact. I think for me, what I, what I sit and I try to figure out and I try to contemplate and I don't know is it feels like he's doing this from a really good place. Like he really wants to be helpful. He really wants to make a difference and he's really hoping to make a difference, but it could also be that, man, he looks really good trying to make a difference. He looks really good trying to do this, knowing that it's not really going to have a big impact, but he can say, well, I've done everything that I can. And I really hope that that's not the case, that he really is trying to make an impact. But I think either way, I think you're right, Blake. He's a penguin throwing snowballs at Bowser. Now, I will say, and this is partially because I'm a a big fan of his, so I know that I've got some decluttered glasses here. But the few interactions that I have had with Brandon Sanderson, he is like the most genuine guy in the world. He, I mean, he's practical. He, he says it all the time. Being the son of the accountant makes him practical, right? Uh, right. But, but he also, he cares about people. He wouldn't write yeah. the way that he writes where we already talked about how he sees people if he didn't care about people. But this, okay, so he was at Fanex. I work at Fanex and I had a book that I wanted to get signed for my kids. And uh, it was Cytonic. They, they, they're big fans of that s- series. So I got Cytonic signed for them. But I couldn't, I couldn't get to the table at the time to get the t- t- tickets because he does a ticketing system to sign books. Right. And they were gone within minutes because he's Brandon Sanderson. And so I taught, I was talking to his social media manager and she was like, Oh, you, your staff, he stays after the show floor ends to sign books for volunteers, staff, and other vendors. And so if you're, if you're one of them, just when they call the show floor closing, just come, we'll line you guys up here and we'll go through. And he was doing it and he was taking as much time as he could with people to the point where he literally has people whose job it is to be like, Brandon, we need to go to the next one. Brandon, we need to. (laughs) So he he had like handlers to make sure that he wasn't there too late because he could have easily been there for hours. And so knowing that he's willing to stay late to, so that volunteers and staff members and other vendors can get that interaction tells me he's a genuine guy. This isn't just for show, but he also knows that he's not starting a revolution. Yeah, I I think you're right. That's been my experience, too. Uh, I've met him a couple of times uh, also at FanX. I'm not staff, so I don't get all the same special privileges that you do, Brandon. But um, I do remember one year getting in line and uh, this was before he did a ticketing system and we they had him set up. Uh, in one of the panel rooms for the last panel hour of the night. And I got in line towards the beginning, but I was at the end of the line and he stayed until well after the convention had actually closed to make sure everybody got signed. He didn't speed anybody through. I was able to still get a picture with him. He signed multiple books for me. Um, I, I try to be conscientious. I try to be conscientious of others and bring like, three books for him to sign at a time instead of like my whole stack of books. Also, I don't want to carry around a whole stack of books all day at the convention, but, but you see him, people do that. They will come with a whole stack of books to sign, but he doesn't turn them away and he's willing to do 
that kind of stuff. And so he does seem really genuine. And I think he's really genuine in the efforts that he's trying to make. But I think he also knows it's not, this isn't, and he even says, said in his statement, he's not out to take down audible. He just is hoping to have a conversation and get some change. Um, And maybe that will happen. Side note to him signing books. Did you see his TikTok where he talked about how he made his signature Yes, so that it's ergonomically designed so that he can sign a lot of. Th- I was like, "How did you know that you would be signing books?" Like, I don't know. <laughs> that's that's some powerful like self manifestation. Yeah, like it's like the stuff. Like, the like I see like, it. Throwing that into the universe. Yeah, uh, and that that was a that was in response, I think, to Hank or John Green. Yeah, one and of them. Let me, let me just say, if you don't follow those two on TikTok, you should because they're both delightful. I haven't yeah. read any of their books, and I need to just because I think they're delightful people. <laughs> so that's that's why they're on TikTok so that they can get more readers. They they were they were unsuccessful until TikTok. No, that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> A Fault in Their Stars uh, by John Green, I think, was successful before TikTok was a thing. Fair enough. Fair enough. But they were so, always mad that they couldn't get Jake to read their books. So they yeah. launched this. They're, they're out there just to reach, campaign. to reach me. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. Uh, well, it, it worked. I just need to listen to one of their books, probably on Audible. <sighs> oh. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's the hard thing. I don't. Blake, to your question earlier like should we stop listening to audible like what and i don't think that that's even doable for me right right at this point so it it's hard i hope there's change um i definitely am in support of you know indie authors getting opportunities and it's an interesting point that we're at with indie authors because through kindle and things like that, there are so many more avenues to publish a book nowadays. And there used to be like, if you want to publish a book, you can years and years ago, that wasn't the case. And so those opportunities are there, but just like Amazon does with everything, like they opened that door and said, Hey, here's a way to do it. And now that we're the only game in town, we're going to gouge everybody and take everything we can from it. So I mean, it's their business model. I don't know if you've ever looked at yeah. the Amazon Associates uh, program for referrals. They started mm-hmm. out with, you know, you have a review website, you send somebody to Amazon and they buy it and you'll get 10% of whatever they buy for the next week. And then it turned right. into uh, 7%. It's like, okay, that's still not bad. And then 5%. Now it's like certain categories are like 1% of that. And so they the bigger they get the less they have to give yeah but there's a lot with the affiliate stuff that i i don't know i struggle a little bit with it because i've known people who have those affiliate links that use them completely inappropriately and so i think that there are other reasons why they've i mean they've tightened it up because they can right they're big enough that they don't need the affiliates anymore and it's really to help the affiliates out but i definitely know of companies that have affiliate links that have uh used it inappropriately but anyway like ordered their own stuff through the site or anyway told their employees to or things like that so but yeah there's but there's, my wife there's definitely shady things there 
Yeah. My wife does the affiliate stuff through Amazon. Uh, it is a source of income for her that she never really pays attention to. And like every couple of months she might get like a $20 payment that she's like, Oh, well, that's a nice, like we can go grab McDonald's or something with that. But she has other sources of income that are much more profitable that she focuses on that instead of the affiliate links through Amazon. So because it doesn't pay very well. So it's a, it's a trend. I don't know. Amazon. Yeah. That's um, what they do. Do you think, I know we're, we're wrapping up on timelines, but do you think the four secret books will eventually go on audible? I he, think kind of leaves if, it open-ended. So yeah, he does. He doesn't say that they're not going to, he says for now, I think is what is the term terminology that he uses for now. They won't be on audible. Um, I think there is probably something in his contract with Tor and the books that they publish that will probably lead to them ending up on Audible. Yeah. Once they're published through Tor. Because if if they don't get on Audible, there's a large chunk of his fan base that will never get the complete part of the Cosmere. And he introduces mm-hmm. some stuff in Tress that is not in other parts of the Cosmere. Like some yep. of the stuff is new. Uh, he's hinted at them, but overall it's new. And so can you imagine being somebody who's, who lives in Canada, who, I don't know, I, I've got a little bit of a beef with Spotify. So I, I looked at the book and I'm like, no, I'm not going to give Spotify any more money for what I am going to listen to. Uh, and so, yeah, they, if, if I didn't have the other ways to listen to this, I would I would be so mad that I couldn't get it on Audible. Yeah, I think eventually it will get there. Uh, I agree. Yeah. It's just too big a, a part of his audience. And he even says that we know that the majority of our audience is audiobook listeners. And we know that they're all through Audible. Yeah, and he says he says the lost metal pre-orders were 75% audio all through Audible. So yep. <laughs> I think I think he's well aware that he's taking a huge cut in doing this. Well, and then, and what percentage of those are like me where I pre-ordered it in physical form and an audiobook form right. because I knew I wanted a copy of it, but I knew I was going to listen to it instead of read it Yeah, because I've come to grips and terms with the fact that I have a book collecting hobby and a book reading hobby and that they are not necessarily the same. Well, let's, let's face it. He can do this simply because he already has Jake's money. Yep. So yep. I mean, he's it's all about he, Jake's money. He's, and he's he made took a lot of it money. last year. I'll be honest. And, and he's I'll, and he's comfortable enough that losing those pre-orders is not going to kill him. Yeah, because they pre-order the people who would do the pre-orders paid for the Kickstarter. Back to the Kickstarter. He does have my money. That's true. Probably last year, uh, I spent more on Brandon Sanderson than I did any of my individual kids. So. Uh, <laughs> There you go. <laughs> Sorry, sweetheart. That's... You can't play football this year. I had to buy the hard copy and audible version of Lost Metal. You, you want to do that super fun activity? You want me to miss out on the year of Sanderson? I don't think so. I don't. Think uh, so. I know we were going to Disneyland this year, but sorry. I've but got to have these anymore. books. To be clear, before anybody gets upset or worried, I will say... While that may be true amount wise, it was not at the cost 
of any of my kids. They I all love got what they needed, <laughs> and they all got to do what they wanted. Trust me, what my kids I... did not suffer because of Sanderson. One of my favorite things about you, Jake, is when you make an absurd statement, you then still have to clarify that it wasn't real. <laughs> like, we I all know you love anybody... your family. <laughs> okay, well, I just want to make sure. You it's know, because his family his, ever listens it, to this. Yeah, he, you know, the, he, his kids are going to listen and be like, I thought dad loved us. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm sure someday they're going to ask that question. He had how many Funko Pops? And he didn't let me do what? Yeah, we're not sure. So there you go. There's our take on the year of Sanderson. Uh, I will say I've finished the first one. I won't give any spoilers, but I enjoyed it. It was good. It was great. It was great. It was. I didn't know what to expect with these four secret projects, um, how much they were going to tie in. It's like, yeah, it's going to be in the Cosmere, but is it going to like, is it going to be in the Cosmere? Like Elantris is in the Cosmere where, yeah, it's there, but it doesn't really tie in with anything else in the Cosmere. But nope. He's tied. I feel like Elantris is being tied more in. More. It is now, but like for a long time, it was kind of just that book that was out there that, I mean, even Warbreaker got a better tie-in up front than um, Elantris did. But yes, it's getting better. Anyway, I enjoyed it, and we'll probably be back soon with more hot takes. And we might, we might even do some book takes that are not related to Sanderson. But I'm not promising do, anything. I, I like the idea of doing a nonfiction. We kind of talked about that by saying Audible now has nonfiction, so we need to do like a a nonfiction hot take, like. Like Barack Obama's biography is better than Michelle's. Obagri- like I don't know. We gotta do something. I haven't read either of those biographies. Yet, I haven't either, so I but I don't know. Both of them. I don't know. We gotta do something. Something big. We can do something, and and, and eventually we've got to do an episode that's more Pierce Brown focused, well, since uh, he's uh, got a new one coming out this year. Obviously. <laughs> well, Blake, you and I, we can talk about Skippy the Beer Can. Exactly. I would love to do that. I actually think Jake, you would like those books too. We'll talk. We'll talk. We'll talk. All right. All right. Well, you can find us everywhere that you want to find us. We're all over social media. Uh, Also, you can join our Discord where we have delightful conversations. That's my word of the night. Delightful. Uh, Normies has actually been our word of the night, I think. But uh, Discord, it is www.discord.ageofgeek.com, right? Yes. Except I don't think you have to say WWW anymore. Old people like me still say it. Young people don't say that anymore. You can join our Discord. We'd love to have you all geeks welcome there. And if you have not subscribed to our YouTube channel, please do so. Please like this video and comment. Uh, and if you're listening to the podcast, please follow us on whatever podcast uh, service that you're using. Um, and leave a review if you feel so inclined. That helps others to find us and enjoy our content as well. Uh, if you enjoyed our content leave a review. We'd love it. That's all we've got for you tonight. It's, you know, over an hour long. I keep telling us we have to do shorter episodes and here we are. So anyway, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time. Bye. This has been an Age of Geek media production.